Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to your weekly dose of newsy infotainment. It's Let's Be Treasonable, coming to you from various places in and around Los Angeles, including Treasonable Studios, with your cognitive dissidents on the panel this week. He is a comedian, a lover of guinea pigs, and intermittent dog walker and child care provider, David Rosie Rosenberg. Welcome, Rosie. Hi, we don't walk our dog. We just let him go in the backyard now. <laughs> if we walk him, he just barks at everyone or he pulls. He just pulls the whole time. He doesn't bark as much, but he pulls. So he just poops in the backyard and yells at squirrels. You know, you can you can actually like work on training dogs not to pull. No, we've tried that. We've tried that. <laughs> and my wife is my wife is watching another uh, dog training TV show. But I don't think we should spend the something like ten grand for a three month boot camp or one month boot camp or some ridiculous sum for Pepper to be a slightly better dog. So uh, he's getting better. Like if you if you think about it, he is better than he was. But yeah, he pulls on walks. He's not he's not good. Let's get started. <laughs> well, right there, you hear the wisdom and the voice of comedian, world traveler, economist, and the host and creator of the Villains of History podcast. Always a pleasure to have her with us. Ladies and gentlemen, Kat Alvarado. Welcome, Kat. Hey, guys. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm a lot more um, economically word efficient than my uh, compatriot here, David Rosenberg. <laughs> what? Do you, do you have any uh, dog control tips? Absolutely not. I have cats. They're well-behaved. They're fine. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I was going to say, even if they aren't, well-behaved, they're, they're cats. What are you going to do? They just sleep all day. Cat, it's what they do. Cat's going to mm-hmm. cat. That's, that's how they roll. Well, welcome. Happy to have you with us, and uh, glad you're not sleeping all day. Uh, also joining us, as always, is comedian, scholar, and the black voice of reason. It is my distinct pleasure to introduce Mr. Time and Ship. Welcome, sir. Uh, Dave, power to the people, and this... Uh... Let's cut off the. Uh, they're trying to do the old black, the old uh, voter suppression. We got to stop that. Yeah, old voter suppression. Yeah, it's uh, you know so, sometimes these hits just keep coming back. Yeah, you know <laughs> what they say. Eddie Glaude said they. Well, they're just trying to bring back good old Jim Crow. Jim Crow man. Yeah. yeah, hits hits in all four decades of of the last four. Uh, Jim Crow, check him yeah. out. Well, me, I'm Dr. David Robinson. I am your Vin Scully for the impending apocalypse. And aside from dog training tips, we do have plenty to talk about today. But first, a message from our sponsors at Community Spread. It's morning in America, and people are waking up to the great taste of Community Spread. I kind of want toast, but it can be so boring. Butter, margarine, jams, jellies. I want something new. Here, try this. It's community spread. But you've already taken a bite out of it. What are you, smooth down there? Try it. Whoa, that's sick. But what's in it? What's in community spread? We're still waiting for the CDC to let us know. Well, it's deli- Wait, did he just say the CDC? That's right. Community spread. Available at... Actually, I don't know where I got it. No, but seriously, back to that CDC thing. And it's not just for toast. Pancakes, waffles, sandwiches... 
Why, there's no telling where it'll show up. Community Spread isn't recommended for older adults or people with chronic health conditions. Stop using Community Spread if you've experienced difficulty breathing or shortness of breath, persistent pain or pressure in the chest, bluish lips or face, new confusion, or an inability to arouse. Community Spread. From the folks who brought you, I can't believe I'm not better. It's the toast-topping sensation that's sweeping the nation, and there's nothing you can do about it. And new from the makers of Community Spread... It's unmitigated spread variants. If you barely acknowledged community spread before, try unmitigated spread variants. The UK variant goes great with period dramas and tea with milk in it. The California variant, made with avocados from Mexico. And the Brazilian variant that goes down so smooth it's like there's nothing there. Unmitigated spread variants. It's time for another peak. Well, speaking of time, it is the 10th Saturday of the new year, and being the 6th of March, that also means it is National Dentist Day, National Dress Day, and National Play Outside Day. So, dress up like a dentist and go play outside, I guess. Seems like a good way to spend the day. We are just 45 days into the new government, and as of today, we've got... Timpani. 522,511 Americans dead from the coronavirus and 28,937,200 confirmed cases with about 55.5 million people having gotten at least one dose of the vaccine with more than 28.7 million of them fully vaccinated. Also got 506 immigrant children who may stand a chance of being reunited with their parents, like the 105 kids whose parents have been found because it is no longer Donald Trump's America. (laughs) So good for us. Good for that. Rosie, I know you got at least half the shot. Are you fully vaccinated? I've been vaccinated for a couple of weeks. I'm a real person. Wow. Nice. Have you been uh, out licking bus stops? Yeah, I do that. I do that. That's you know, someone's gotta do it and I'm I'm glad it's it's someone I know. Timon, you said you're you're getting the vaccine? Tomorrow. Nice. Yeah, three fifteen is what my scheduled time is. Do you know which one you're getting? Uh the Pfizer. Oh, right on. I've I've heard good things. It's I you know, it's so funny. Now with like the three vaccines, I expect there to be like you know, when when you go, you get like a vaccine sommelier. Oh. What can you recommend in a uh, in a dual shot? Well, we've got the uh, Pfizer and the Moderna. How's the Moderna today? Mm, it's lovely. Would you like to sniff the needle cap? Oh, yes. Thank you. But big news this morning. And it's... Wait, you didn't ask her if she's vaccinated. Well... I'm not. I, yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I already knew. Sorry. <laughs> Cat, anything, anything on the uh, on the radar on the horizon? I mean, I checked the app, and I'm I'm still not. Yeah, nothing, because I work from home. I literally don't need to leave the house for anything, so I'm at the very end. Which <laughs> I, I mean, I'm fine with that, but my eggs are not. You know what I mean? <laughs> my time is running out. The hourglass. Yes. They need to. All women over thirty need to be at the front of the line. You're over thirty. <laughs> Mm-hmm. What? No, I'm not. <laughs> but, but by the time you, you get okay. the shot. 
are you talking about? <laughs> my wife had um our uh, well, she had her first one before thirty five, so I guess it doesn't count. Her but, first shot? No, or our kids. Right? No, I. <laughs> I got She's it. She's already got her shots too. Is she also uh, like childcare adjacent? I mean, aside from. No, she's um, she works for an organization and got it through there. Oh, right on. That so, yeah, I need to, but she got it, so we're good. Well, but I mean, that's the thing. It's you know, as long as you're not engaging in fuckery, like you know, there there was a big story in the news last week about, the about a bunch of like yeah, rich, well, the, rich white people people. here in L.A. who are like getting the codes to go down to yeah. South Central, or I guess now it's just Central L.A. But going into the hood, you know, and into uh, areas that are less affluent, let's say, and white people jump in the line in there. And it's like, that's no, no, this is want to have a reality TV show of rich white people going to South Central (laughs) to essentially (laughs) steal their vaccines and see what happens. Oh, my gosh. Uh, ideally, in blackface? Can they be in blackface? Because that would be hilarious. Would we just be a, wanted to blend in so they wouldn't notice. Very short show. <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe yeah, you can yeah. maybe you can pitch it to Quibi. That could be the show that revives Quibi. No, these these episodes are designed to be almost less than a minute. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think if if a website could laugh at you, that would have been the response I got when I went to check if I was eligible. It was like, do you are are you a you know uh, frontline healthcare work. No. Do you do anything that's really vital to society? No. Are you over 55? No. Back in the line, Buster. <laughs> Which I, you know, I'm fine with because I do, you know, I do work on sets and stuff and we are tested. I get at least one COVID test per week. So I figured that and then I, I donate blood. So every two months, you know, I find out if I have COVID antibodies and still don't. So apparently whatever I've been doing or not doing, I'm doing it right. So I I think that's a good thing. That's great. Good yeah. for you. <laughs> that's all I want is, is the I mean, that's attaboy. The comfort. That's the comfort right now is that, okay, everything we've been doing, if we've been pretty, if we've been COVID free for a full year, that means we've been doing it right. So I'm fine with how I go to the store. I'm fine with the number of times I wash my hands. Like I'm doing okay, which is a big like weight off my back. Cause this time last year we were wiping down our groceries or like, yeah. we don't know how we get it. Yeah. Ah, it's in the air. Ah, I mean it is, but at least it's not outside like outdoors and we can do certain activities. We know now it's like pretty chill. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny uh, with the, with the commercial for community spread, we recorded that because cat if, if you haven't figured it out by now that was that was the wonderful voice of cat alvarado you heard on there and that was we recorded that ad or at least your voice parts after the very last episode that was recorded live at treasonable studios with with other people here on on the couch so yeah it's been like almost a year since since we've been doing the uh doing the skype which is kind of strange, but you know, deaths are slowly creeping downward. Uh, you know, virus is still spreading and it will continue to spread after folks like Texas, Mississippi, I think Iowa, South yeah. Dakota never had really any, any mitigating uh, rules, That's- but 
yeah, it's, you know, we, we take one step forward and then you get all these states that are like, oh, hey, no more mask mandates. Everything's open. Everybody wants to be the mayor of Amity. You know, it's like what, what I'm what I'm interested in is, you know, how vaccinated are the the people who are most at risk? Because that's the thing. We're reopening, but we're reopening like at a point where, OK, most of the, the most at risk people and the essential workers, they're vaccinated. At least that's what I hope that we're not going to do that until we know that they're pretty much safe and that the vaccination rates are decent enough to start reopening. I think that's why they're doing it. They're now, doing it. The, in, they're doing it in California like that. I don't know, but I don't know if they're doing it in Texas or Mississippi. I mean, like Texas that. is just ripping off the wax. <laughs> they're just like, <laughs> um, I mean, they're not even telling you to take a deep breath. They're just like, whoosh, it's done. Um, but a note on Texas, my family does live out there in Houston, and my dad's saying that at least in Houston, people are still doing the masks. So even though the government is not mandating it, they are absolutely still like requiring it to go into restaurants or stores. Like they're just self-policing. So well, here's the Houston because, mayor. Yeah, you know. The Houston mm-hmm. mayor. The Houston mayor is is definitely following what you're saying, Kat. He's been saying that for a while. He said, I don't know what the hell's wrong with the governor. <laughs> I mean, he just said, Hey, I don't he said, We're not doing that here. Well my given my guess is that uh, Governor Governor Abbott probably figured uh, the the deep freeze and and loss of electricity and loss of water didn't kill enough liberals to prevent them from electing Democrats to office in Texas. So he's going to try and kill more of them with the virus. I bet what happens is that I bet there's an uptick in a couple of weeks. There's like a there's an uptick in cases, but not. Not a sizable enough one that uh, they'll backtrack, and I bet both both sides will claim victory. Right, everyone who believes in masks will be like, "You're a moron," and then text will be like, "It wasn't too bad." And look at all our businesses are back, and people are back to work. And then I bet other states gradually follow suit. I, that's what I would think is going to happen. I, I, I mean, I, I can't imagine that it's going to result in just catastrophic spread all of a sudden well but, we're, we're we're back like you said rosie we are vaccinating pretty fair and they said yeah, uh, this week you know this week i mean alone i mean uh what is it merck and johnson johnson said they're gonna have 200 million doses yeah by the by the end of march and that's so, that's a single dose so that'll be like that'll yeah. get people off the risk rolls fairly quickly right yeah. and, and then, so you got people uh doing that and biden's the, the the you know the stimulus is passed, you know they're going to do a little bit of debating, but it's already passed. There's nothing they can do. It so he's got a plus because that the other uh, was that the unemployment ends uh, March 14th. Yeah, so they got to get that out. The guy can just basically say in his first hundred days he's already over. Isn't he what 60 million now? Uh, I mean, how many vaccinated? He vaccinated. He said he was going to uh, do. Well, yeah, he wants to do 100 million in his first 100 days, and uh, we are 45 days in with 55.5 million having gotten one dose and 28.7 million fully vaccinated. Yeah. So we're getting there. And you can, yeah, we're getting there. you can yeah. tell, this is one of the things I, you know, I had uh, told you all yesterday, I wasn't going to throw any articles about this into the, into the news briefing, but did want to bring it up is you can tell that Biden is doing a good job 
because Republicans are are busy talking about Mr. Potato Head <laughs> and and Dr. Seuss and trying to stoke fires about, you know, democratic cancel culture when first of all the whole Mr. Mrs. straight up potato head thing a who the fuck cares b this is this is business. This is a private company. This isn't like, you know, anyone making them do anything. This is Hasbro saying, Hey, we're just gonna, you know, go with uh, potato head instead of Mr. Potato head, because apparently too much pressure on the spuds, but the, the whole Dr. Seuss thing, this is a decision made by the Dr. Seuss foundation, uh, run by the wife of Dr. Seuss. This isn't anyone forcing anyone to do anything. This, this is a, a private organization who is making a decision to just take some things off the market because they don't think they are relevant to the way people express themselves in society today. Happened to Disney. Remember, Disney was, was uh, for a while they're doing some things and they had to go after him too. I mean, he was, I mean, you know. I, I am kind of shocked that it, it took until now for, for them to, to decide, you know, maybe we shouldn't have Song of the South as the focus for a ride. Like Splash Mountain is, I, I guess, well, Disneyland, it, it was announced this week, Disneyland and other theme parks are going to be allowed to open uh, as of April 1st. So maybe we'll see another spike after that because, you know. Well, you got spring break. Yeah, but I mean, I I don't know. I don't know. I think there's there's twelve two thousand dollars it costs to take your family to Disneyland. Uh, you can go again. Yeah, that's that's kind of the thing. It's like it it is prohibitively expensive. Uh, Disney did announce that they're they're getting rid of like the annual passes yeah. for uh for like or at least for the with the local discount that they have. I don't know, but. Yeah, you know, there are so many opportunities to get the virus, if you want, I guess is is kind of what we're saying. But who knows? Uh, we do have we do have the uh, the COVID bill that that passed. Oh, and one one other thing on Dr. Seuss, though, just real quick, is uh, a lot of people who are defending the decision and trying to shut Republicans down. And I, I believe rightfully so are saying these are th- these are six books that nobody ever fucking reads anyway you know and i mean granted it isn't the cat in a hat right. it isn't green eggs and ham uh although i i am a little concerned for the uh, one fish two fish red fish blue fish like why can't they just be fish man uh <laughs> but on on after z and the things i saw on mulberry street are two books that i really did enjoy as a child but you know what i'm i'm a mature adult <laughs> I, yeah, I really don't it. give a shit, you know, and people are like, yeah, you know, there's people on uh, eBay who are selling these books for like thousands of dollars to, to, to help, you know, raise awareness. It's like, no, they're, they're raising a shitload of money, like from selling children's books that they had at home, unless they're donating that money to someone like, no, that's, that's just someone making a shitload of money selling books because Republicans yeah. are going nuts. Yeah. Well, you know, Dave, it's, uh, you know, kind of like when they found out about Franklin on... Uh, uh, on Sesame Street? Uh, no, Franklin from uh, Charlie Brown. Oh. 
Yeah, remember everybody like, oh, hey. And it was the wife. When the, I think it was the wife who said that, hey, you know, you know, you got to have a black kid. They didn't have any black kids on, on Frank. You just had pig pants. <laughs> he was just dirty. Yeah, he was. He wasn't black. He was just poor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, things things will change. I I just don't understand the idea that everything has to say the same way it was when I was a child. You know, and people well, isn't that that so called tradition? I mean, they say you know Republicans they we're traditionalists. We are. You know, they talk all this thing about being conservative and everything. All this stuff's going out the window. They don't even talk as conservatives. They want everything to stay the same or go back to where it was. Well, what does that mean of going back to where it was? Because, you know, for who? Who was it great for? Right. Again, some, you know. Something I learned this week that, uh, you know, the amazing things you can uh, pick up when you when you watch late night television but uh, the Amber Ruffin show on Peacock, she's one of uh, Seth Meyers' writers, has her own mm, weekly I know show. Her, yeah. mm-hmm. And in 1960, uh, there was, I think, 70%, 70% approval for the idea that the government should like ensure a, a basic living for everybody and be able to provide jobs. 1964, that dropped to 38%. And, you know, as she pointed out, what what happened between 1960 and 1964? You know, and she's like putting pictures of, of Martin Luther King up on the screen, like what possibly could have happened? And showing people protesting against segregation. And there, you know, there's the answer. That's, you say traditionalist, I say racist. Tomato, tomato. Right. <laughs> Traditionalist, traditionalist. <laughs> well, I think you know the these people who want to refer to themselves as traditionalists. They're they're just giving Fiddler on the Roof a bad name, and and you know that's where it hurts my people. That's where I gotta you know stand up and. Well, Matthew Dowd came out and just really called it. He said, "This is this has nothing to do. Uh, th- these are culture wars that we're having." This is something that he said that every white male is afraid of that 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 are who are dealing with it. They keep saying like the guys in the uh, that were doing the insurrection. They were saying you're taking our freedom. This is our house. You're trying to take from. We can do what we want. And you know it's like no, it's it's not your house. Well, it you is know, it patriots. is the people's house. But the the thing is, it's like no one is taking your freedom. It's not like we're taking your freedom and giving it to black people. We are we are expanding the freedom. It's not like there's uh, we we only have you know like five hundred bottles of freedom, and those are already you know those are already accounted here's, for. Here's the thing: it's not about freedom; it's about supremacy. And there is an article Watch I read it. just yesterday. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Out of the people. <laughs> It's about supremacy of of white men, um, which sounds radical. But I was just reading an article yesterday about um, in Texas, there was, I sound like Moira Rose, in Texas, there was um, a class that was teaching chivalry, a chivalry class for like middle school students or something, you know, young age. And they were requiring as part of the homework that the girls learn how to be ladies. And part of that was to follow the guy, like walk behind a guy mm. with like their um. feet close together, to always um, like bow your head at men, um, to address them by like Mr. Whatever. Um, 
you know, to cook for them. And so the girls were, they were in separate classrooms and required to like make food and take it to the boys. And that's what it's about. That's the lifestyle. Those are the values that all these white men, these traditionalists, like they don't want to lose it because they've been on a little throne and their ass is being kissed for forever. And, um, you know, that's why women are a threat to this. This is why the, the the racial stuff is a threat because part of that, it wasn't just women like, you know, bowing our little heads. It's also like, yes, Massa, you know. Now, wait a minute, Kat. Are you suggesting that that white men in America have some sort of sense of, I don't know, privilege? (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like it's more than privilege. I feel like white privilege is a concept that is just like, okay, by the color of my skin, when I walk around outside, I am safe to a degree. I'm not going to get shot by the cops, right? But this... People go to South Central and get their bags. <laughs> Except in that case. <laughs> then that is the only time where there's no white privilege. Um, but this is more than that. This is about like a group of people being on a pedestal. Right. And the rest well, that's that's white male issues. privilege. <laughs> that's, yeah. you know, it's it's sort of like if you take white privilege and you take male privilege – and you put them together, the the sum is greater than the parts, uh, quantifiably, not qualitatively. This goes back to one of my basic talking points that the occupation of the South since the Civil War should still continue. But, you know, <laughs> we'll have these problems if we didn't end Reconstruction in 1877. But no one listens to me. Look, they just have to make it like hipstery and Californians will move there. We well, can occupy. We're to... to Austin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Look now that, that Joe Rogan's there. Uh, <laughs> Watch Joe out. Rogan's there and all the clubs are open. Mm-hmm. Uh, all I, the used, communist I used to enjoy Austin. From LA are going to move there and spread communism. It's going to be great. <laughs> God, the, the Moon Tower Fest is just going to be like a, a bad open mic. It's going to be like... Uh, <laughs> we're going to ruin... We're going to ruin Austin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess Austin's already been pretty hit, but that's actually one of the things they complain about in conservative talk radio is that, you know, liberals leave California and other blue states but and bring their politics and then transform red states, right? Like, that's how Virginia ended up being blue and Georgia goes blue and that's why Texas, they think, is going blue. In part. I mean, it's also just demographics. Well, yeah, I was going to say, you know, Georgia, I think Georgia going blue is much more and you know not to suggest that yeah you were you were stealing any glory there but uh georgia we we definitely got to give props to to stacy abrams and and the work of everybody who you know basically told the the black folks in georgia you actually do have a say in the way uh things can go and and I, if I, you I, exercise I that well I, I i think you know they what you they had to go in and see, you know, how they set this stuff up. Because remember, they, they're, you know, they're. You heard the guy that was uh, for the RNC that said, "We have to change this, or we won't win." Yeah, Democrats. Well, and so yeah, they said they're, that they're, in the Supreme Court. Yeah, I mean, so he, whenever black folks or minorities, I should say, vote and vote in large numbers, they lose. And right. so that's why they throw up all these roadblocks with Stacy and her sister. You know, her sister's a judge. Right. And so they saw 
you know, they went in and they said they saw how, you know, these camp had, you know, uh, really, uh, you know, disenfranchised so many of these people and, and, and cut them out and threw them off the voters roll. How do you throw off the you, you threw 200,000 black folks off the voters roll? Just went in and just and, and dismissed them. And they were like, oh, OK, so, so we see how your game plan is. And they <laughs> went in and beat them at their game. And now that's why they're coming back now with something even more sinister to try and stop them because they don't want them. They know that they're not going to win. How ridiculous. They're like, okay, you can't have voting things, uh, voter drives, registration drives on Sundays or whatever, or at church because right. that's where like the community gathers. So it makes sense. They're like, okay, now you can't do it. But what, what justification legally, like, what is it? What is it though? Like why, why Sundays? Well, like why besides you don't want black people to vote? Right. Is that it? But there I think isn't. like, if you look at how many evangelicals and I'm talking white evangelicals and their churches have like gone full on for Trump and, and gotten into politics, I, I think if the Republicans, especially in southern states, want to get rid of political activism in the black churches, let's start enforcing the rules on, on you know, white churches and let's just start taxing the shit out of white churches because they are engaging in, in you know, this political action. And, you know, we'll, we'll see things change real quick. Yo, David. David, ew. <laughs> I mean, all I care about, David, David is a, a, a abortion. That's it. They only really want to vote Republicans because abortion. Anything else? No. Women are supposed to submit to their husbands and all that. Like, yeah, it's also because of tradition and all that supremacy stuff. That's a part of it. Yeah, there's there's something basically if, you know, if you're more focused on taking freedoms away from people than providing freedoms to people, maybe you're doing something wrong. And it's, I mean, these are like the oldest arguments in the book. You know, it's amazing that they still have to be made. But if you are anti-abortion and pro-death penalty, you are not pro-life. You know, it's... It's, it's funny, really Dave, fucking I, I simple. I was coming out of Walmart uh, the other day, and so I'm coming out, and there's a guy there saying, you know, recall Newsom. Hey, man, come over and sign the list, bro. The black dude telling me, recall Newsom. I said, uh, who are you going to replace him with? Well, 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 uh, well, <laughs> you know, we haven't thought about that. Well, I mean, we're just, you know, we're just getting rid So you just want me to just get rid of someone who's doing the best he can with the with the jackass who you would that you had in office with Trump and all you all the crazy Orange County folks who are really the ones who are pushing the recall, get rid of Newsom crap because he shut them down and because they were spreading COVID everywhere. But you have no replacement and you so you want me to put who? I said these two the the two guys who are running, we don't know who they are. I mean, well we do, but we don't we haven't, you know, Newsom beat those guys. That's right. why he's governor. And now you want me to get rid of Newsom and replace him with some Republican dude I don't know. 
He said, well, yeah, and the woman, so then this white woman comes up and says, yeah, but you should just, I mean, let's, let's go for it. Let's just go. No, damn it. I don't do, no. no yeah, you would You would think people would have learned, like, from the, the whole Trump debacle, you know, when the people, we, we you know, we, we want change. Ooh, we want someone to shake things up. Well, you know, what, like, what changed specifically and how do you want to, how do you want to shake things? Well, we don't know, man, but we just, we need to disrupt the status quo. Well, look what happened. So, yeah. It's like if somebody was in a relationship and had great hair, like really long, gorgeous hair and perfect highlights and then had a breakup and then had to do like a a glow up and then just like cut all the hair off and then had no hair. Like, why would you just change to change? Was that too girly? I don't know. I I was going to say, yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I'm just going to smile and nod politely on that one. That was was not a nice thing to do in front of timing. (laughs) One 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 question. What what's a glow up? <laughs> a glow up is after a breakup where you like lose weight and like look hotter and like gotcha. cut your hair. That's not a Brazilian blowout, huh? Not a Brazilian blowout. That's not what that is. No, I've I've become more accustomed over time to the thing of oh, she's she's losing weight and, and like making little like cosmetic changes to herself to make her, you know, look better in her eyes. She's getting ready to break up with me. <laughs> she's getting a head start on the glow up <laughs> yeah it's like i yeah i don't think i've ever experienced like the after it's it's for me it's usually been during and and right. but here's the thing it's like sometimes you look amazing and you don't have to change anything and then that person goes and makes it change anyway and it makes it worse and that's the recall newsom thing <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah. a um there is a, a recall Newsom uh, uh, pamphleteer when we were in San Juan Camp- uh, Capistrano a couple weeks ago, and they were wearing like I don't know if it was purposeful, uh, uh, purposeful, and they didn't have any like insignias, but they were blatantly wearing black and yellow as their Proud shirt. Boys colors. What? Like Proud Boys colors? Like Proud Boys colors, and it was like I don't know if that's the association you really want to have. That was on the way back from the uh, guinea pig petting zoo. Uh, if anyone wants to know about that, they they can hit me up and I can tell you where it is. It's well, it's obviously north of San Juan Capistrano. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's like it's in San Luis. It's in San Juan Capistrano. I'd still be there, but my family made me drive them home. <laughs> how how I I just got to ask because this is somewhat fascinating. I've never really thought about like petting zoos and stuff like that, but is it? Like, did it just start as a sanctuary for discarded guinea pigs or? I don't know. I bet it actually probably started as a petting zoo. I don't know. That actually is a very good idea. Uh, next time I'll ask them as opposed to just be excited about the guinea pigs and annoying my wife. I just like, cause when I was a kid, uh, growing up in Chicago, used to, we had, we had two zoos and I'm sure they still do. I just, I don't live there anymore. So I don't consider myself part of the we, uh, but there was the Brookfield zoo and the Lincoln park zoo. And, uh, Brookfield Zoo, much better for walking around and seeing stuff. But uh, I, I just remember like the petting zoo at uh, Lincoln Park Zoo. Better. They had an armadillo. <laughs> All well, these... had an armadillo? Yeah. Those things have leprosy. Well, we know that now. But uh, I mean, back then, I don't. maybe we knew it then. They're just That's trying hard. to call the herd. When you go to um, uh, Texas, don't start licking armadillos. 
I try not to lick anything in Texas without You're consent. Never going to Texas again. <laughs> You're never going. Fuck that. Fuck that. No, I. If I can't go to lick armadillos in Texas, I'm not going. Uh, that's a valid point. That is, they are pretty delicious. Don't to they? Lick. Don't they eat armadillos in Texas? I think they probably do. Yeah, there's probably not much they don't eat in Texas. Uh, I'm yeah, just gonna leave that there. <laughs> oh my. Although, you know, yeah, uh, I, I got to say there there are definitely places in Austin with amazing breakfast tacos that I, I don't know why you would choose to lick an armadillo when, when breakfast tacos are so readily available. Uh, but that's, you know, that's my bag. That's what I'm getting into. Uh, so we're, we're talking even tangentially about uh, reform and, and the new Jim Crow and other issues that are, are befalling us here in America. And uh, I don't know if you guys saw the article, but there's a bill moving through Kentucky's legislature that would make it a crime to insult or taunt a police officer during a riot, which slightly baffles me. I have largely grown up believing the, the whole adage about sticks and stones and if, you know, I'm not, I'm not advocating for violence against anyone, let alone the police. But if you're going to suffer equal criminal penalties for sticks and stones, which could break their bones, or for, for using words, which allegedly would never hurt them, <laughs> I, I got to side with the sticks and stones, you know, if, if, if the price is going to be the same oh you're saying oh there's going to be oh, a weird inverse you might as well hit a police officer if you're also get, if you're going to go to jail for it yeah i mean you know if if freedom of speech ends at the thin blue line fuck it let's let's go physical <laughs> here's here's what i think would be a good thing about that just just hear me out here okay if people stopped taunting the police officers verbally, then the police officers don't have an air quotes excuse to get violent with protesters. And then we really get to see, because then what's the excuse going to be? Huh? Well, like, that's, what, that's hmm. the thing. I mean, I, I agree with the logic behind what you're saying, but you know, as we've seen, especially in recent times, uh, the police really don't need an excuse. And, and when you, when you take that away from them, in most cases, they will they will find an excuse. They will make an excuse. Uh, I smelled marijuana on on the the alleged perpetrator. No, five years ago, but I smelled marijuana. Oh my god! You know, I watched this thing on the Brianna Taylor case, and one of the cops was literally just shooting into a dark window, like from outside. Like there could have been children in there. Are you kidding me? What? There is no excuse. <laughs> Yeah, there's, you know, that's, which is why we, you know, we've been talking uh, a lot since January this year, but I, I think over the, the history of this podcast, we talk a lot about accountability and one, it, it's funny. One of the things that folks on the left are advocating, which is scaring the pants off the folks on the right is getting rid of qualified immunity. And I, I think if you don't want to defund the police, you know, if you don't want to put the money into programs that are going to make communities better and, and create programs that 
statistically and historically contribute to the decline of criminal activity, the least you can do is even the playing field in the courts. If, if the courts and a jury of your peers is good enough for everybody without a badge, it's good enough for the police. Mm-hmm. And, I agree with that. You know, qualified immunity is is basically a, a get out of jail free card. Right. And I mean, you know, it's conspicuous when places like LA never is bringing charges against in police shootings. Yeah, and when when they do, it's you know, oh well, yeah, it was uh, it was justified in some way or another. I think you know we need to overall. In, in terms of reforming the, the police, I don't think this is a national uh, rule, but I, I've talked to people and in individual cities, counties, and police departments, there are like limits on how high your IQ can be if you're going to be a police officer. What? Yeah. They, they don't want anyone, you know, too smart on the force. It's kind of like when you're, when you're interviewing for an office job and well, we, we think you would be bored doing this. And it's like, I think I would be bored sitting at home with no money. Uh, I'm willing to, to handle the boredom of, of a day job in order to have money and insurance. But it's, it's, this is what they, they do with the police. It's like, we're, we're going to, we don't want anyone like who's too smart on the force. And maybe if you, you put the limits on the low end instead, and he said, maybe we don't want people who are too dumb or too (laughs) ignorant on the force. Well, they, they, you know, they, they would like to get rid of that immunity. That's the thing that's killing. If they can get rid of that, but that's going against the police union. Well, yeah, that's insane though, because I mean, the jury of the peers, I think that to me makes the most sense. Just have them tried by a jury. That doesn't mean they're all gonna get, uh, like let, like all of them are gonna go to jail or all of them are gonna be let go. It's pretty clear. If if we can decide on everybody else's life, we can decide on cops. I think also you got the the grand jury too, though. I mean, you, you can't remember they do the the secret grand jury that, you know, that's how uh, the Breonna Taylor thing was able to, that's how they were able to walk. And, you know, they kept out information and those guys were able to get off. And the other guy that shot through the house, he was the only one that got. uh, Well, he endangered property, man. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's, it's the, the same mentality with the Republicans encouraging voter suppression, because if these people vote, then we aren't going to win any elections. And with qualified immunity, it's the same thing for the police. Well, if, you know, if we don't have an unfair advantage in court, we're going to lose cases. And the thing, though, I think they wouldn't be there is there's some pretty obvious shit sometimes like the other day there was one that came it was on ktla this cop goes up to this person's house he's got a gun i guess there's some kind of a call there was a call um the cop goes up to the door he like knocks on the door the guy opens it and you see on the ring camera the guy shoots at the officer and he like just ducks like that and then of course you know there's fire back and forth the guy you know the guy who shot at the cop obviously got shot and then arrested taken to the hospital but my point is this there was the evidence there. You see that the man at the door clearly took out a gun and pointed it at the officer and then shot at the officer. 
when the officer wasn't didn't have his gun out, he was just like, "Hey, what up?" You know, right? The, okay, that guy who shot uh, the the man at the door with the gun, obviously, he would be let go. Okay, let like, go? there are some things that are obvious. So, why does a police union got to be all defensive? Oh yeah, no, I that's that's exactly it. It it's the idea that if you want something that's going to make the police act more responsibly. Maybe accountability. Maybe you, you take away that get out of jail free card. And when the police have to be as conscious of their actions as any random black person does when they leave the house, maybe you're going to see police starting to act in a much more civil way. Well, a lot of guys said they would not sign up to be police officers if they did not have the immunity clause on there. Well, then these are people that shouldn't be police. You know, this is maybe there are certain instances where where in certain communities you do want it. Like, what if you had a community that had a bunch of like cult people and there was a thing where an officer had to shoot some cult people and then that jury would be cult people because that's the community. And then they would convict the officer, even if he did a just shooting. I, I don't know. That's a very specific situation. Well, yeah. <laughs> Culture people too, man. If they if they did go to court, they'd still there's they'd still have a jury and there's plenty of people who will back the blue no matter what, right? So it's not like you they would be sure to be convicted every time, right? Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. It would actually like some of these cases would stand a chance of being fair. And if you yeah. don't like the outcome, well, that's why our our legal system has these things called appeals. Right. Well, they just let out the oldest juvenile. Did you see that? They let out the oldest. The guy just got released. Yeah. That was the oldest juvenile. 68 years old. But I think. 68. You know, yeah. he, he it, it was a really interesting story because he had been offered parole. A number of times over the years and didn't want to to be like on probation and like on parole because he kind of saw things dare i say in a binary fashion either you're in jail or you're out and free and if you're out on the streets but you're still accountable to your your parole officer and to the correctional system then you're not really free you're not really that's out of jail. New Jim, that's why they call that the new Jim Crow, because that was the the system that was set up, especially if you're a felon. You can't vote. You can't go out and buy a car. You can't you can barely get an ID and you have to let people know where you are at all times. Right. And if you lose that. So you can't really do anything. And then once, you know, especially if it's murder, like a really bad felon, you, you know, you're screwed. I mean, I mean just don't a, murder then if it's murder. Right. Well, <laughs> I'm just hey, saying. Hey, sometimes, Kat, you just have to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying that, that you know, it's depending on what the crime is. I mean, you saw what happened in Florida. Florida's trying to get, you know, guys who spent, you know, once you do 20 years, come on. Unless you just, you know, unless you're part of the Manson clan that you're never getting out. But once, you know, once you do your time, you want to come back into society. I mean, you can get a degree in, in, in prison now. Right. You, can, you can go to school. But when you come out, you can't get, you know, people are holding all these things against you. And so in Florida, they were trying to stop everybody from voting. They didn't want criminals voting. Way to keep them out. 
and it's hard to get your ID, and you can't find your Social Security card. You have to have all this different information. Yeah. Pretty weird. Well, on the topic of justice, it looks like, barring uh, some Republicans like Tom Cotton who are, are trying to stop it, it looks like Merrick Garland is going to be our next attorney general. And uh, how's that for a leap in topics? Uh, yeah. I, I think it's obviously going to be a big change from from the Trump Department of Justice. Uh, I think just by by having someone competent uh who who stands up for for the law attorney general at the end you never confirmed just about anything towards the end yeah well that was i think that was by design you know the if you if you've been uh watching the senate hearings on on the the january 6th insurrection and following what's going on in the news Trump basically cleaned out the the Department of Justice and folks at the Pentagon so there wouldn't be anyone, you know, standing up and saying, well, actually, uh, yeah, we we can't do that because it's illegal or we should really like send in the National Guard to to help the the people at the Capitol because, you know, it is another branch of government. (laughs) So, yeah, I think we we are seeing more and more evidence coming out. Remember, Dave, I was talking about the investigations. I said, when the investigations come out, they're going to find out. I, I already, I, everything leads back to Trump. And you know, when the, uh, when the, uh, the chief got up there for the, uh, with the uh, police, I think it was for the Capitol police, the, the main guy, uh, you know, and no, uh, no, for the national guard. And he said, I was told, well, it didn't have the right optics, so we couldn't send in the people. And they right. asked him, how, how quickly can they get here? He said, I could have got them there in 20 minutes. Right. So he yeah. knew that Trump set that up, that the two co-guys that he put in, that was all set up because Esper was gone. Who else was, well, gone? There was, was gone? There was the letter with the directives to the National Guard. Like, basically, you know, it was like happy fun ball for, for rioters. Like, do not look at the rioters. Do not taunt the rioters. You you can't shoot the rioters. You can't have bayonets to poke them. I didn't even know that like National Guard was issued bayonets anymore, which Ooh, was I wonder during National Guard. Yeah, you know, uh, you get a gun and a knife to put on the end of it. How cool is that? But uh, honestly, like if uh, well, I was just going to say like going back to Merrick Garland, if if you've been watching his confirmation hearings, I seriously believe that Mitch McConnell and the rest of the Republicans in the Senate are really going to regret blocking him from his Supreme court seat. Oh yes. And it's, it's not like he's going to be going in all full of vengeance and, and anger over not being on the Supreme court. He's going to be standing up for justice and the law. And I think a lot of these Republicans in Congress, especially the, the treason caucus, as they've been calling them, or the sedition caucus, they're going to be really, really severely fucked. And it well, will be beautiful to watch. There's a, there was a story today about there was coordination between the White House and some proud boy for mm-hmm. the January 6th. So that's just breaking. But, and then... <laughs> I was so angry the other day about the Elaine Chow, like it was referred 
the secretary, the transportation was, it was referred for a criminal referral because she was having them do work for her dad. Yeah. Her dad's a giant shipping magnate and she was having her staff, the department of transportation do work for him. Like if that's not illegal, nothing should be. Well, illegal. and he's, he's a Chinese national. This should, this should be the state department doing his work. Someone uh, actually <laughs> someone posted, oh, that's true. Someone actually posted on Twitter. They were like, if you were angry about Hunter Biden, you should be livid about yeah. Lane. Oh, well, and, that, and mind you, the the inspector general was after her. He was doing. They had an inspector general doing the investigation, and that was that was one of the main reasons she left. Oh yeah, because there, because there was no one to, to to block it. They blocked Trump blocked it before, but Barr was gone. So it's like out of town. So I didn't knew see, about it. I didn't see anyone say that she could still be uh, charged, though. And I don't know. I, I can't believe it would have a statute of limitations or anything for now. But I didn't see anyone discuss about if it can. I still- think it's open season because you're, you're right, Dave. And you know, Mayor Garland is. You know, he did let you let everybody know he is a Jew and he wants to get them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's going to get them. He's going to get them. Well, yeah. it it'll be interesting. You know, we'll we'll see what happens. But I I think okay. you know we are we are seeing some sort of steps towards accountability. Yeah, that's why Biden's not getting involved. He doesn't need to. He's got he brought in so many experienced people. They know what to do. And Garland is going to it's going to be open season. Those I, guys are going to get it. I was thinking yesterday or the day before that unfortunately it's hard to remind yourself, especially when everything seemed to happen during Trump. We were so used to things happening nonstop. Mm-hmm. Right? That it, you get you get uh, you get used to th- that kind of constant action. These things take time, right? They have to do an investigation. They have to right. do to follow due process and the law. So, yeah, m- maybe she will get prosecuted for having them do work for her dad. But it's going to take a while to build a case. Well, they're still looking for uh, Don McGann's. McGann's has never he had been subpoenaed. Right. For the longer they suppress that guy's got so much info, and they're trying and they're, they're good. all of it's got to come out. You got four years to get him. You had four. You had so yeah. It's gonna take. We got plenty of time. But the main thing, like with, when Trump was around, he was always in front. You know, he was always starting some shit. He was always right. the guy. We don't have this. Biden doesn't even want to be anywhere near it. All I want is just give me my, he's being presidential. Well, that's, I think, you know, that's the thing when you're, when you're not busy circumventing, if not outright breaking the laws, you don't need to micromanage and make sure that no one's digging up the shit on you that you don't want getting out. When you actually do the job of president and you appoint competent people to positions around you that that allows them to do their job and you to do your job it yeah you know, it's like the old mcdlt you keep the cool side cool and the hot <gasps> side hot yeah i went there <laughs> i don't know i i don't know why they don't bring that back when we have to suffer through the mcrib ads every year like come on let's do something rational mcdonald's i've never had a mcrib i did once out of curiosity and oh dear god no i mean not by any means like if 
I it, it struck me as something you would get at a, a gas station, <laughs> you know? Like, Ew. yeah. It, how come it's so popular? Because people are stupid. <laughs> Do people yeah. just like gas station food? Is that a thing? I, you know, yeah. good egg salad sandwiches. One I time, would, one time, I went to a Seven Eleven and I got like some oatmeal, thinking it can't. How can you fuck up oatmeal? <laughs> Let me count the ways. <laughs> <laughs> 7-Eleven. <laughs> oatmeal will fuck up your pan every day after wash out a pan because it's stupid oatmeal. That's all well, that's, gross. That's why you get the instant stuff. Or even better, you get the good oatmeal. Like Because I, I recently, you know, it's COVID time, so we're, we're finding ourselves like seeking out comfort foods and stuff. And I, I bought some of the uh, like the apple cinnamon instant oh, oatmeal. Those are great, I grew up on those. Yeah, same. And I, I'm certainly you know not the the picture of health that that one might imagine. Uh, <laughs> and it would be a real stretch of the imagination. But uh, so this means something coming from me, I guess is what I'm saying. But I I tried the the apple cinnamon oatmeal, and oh my god, I, I felt like. I, I needed insulin afterwards. There was just like so much sugar in there. No, that's wrong. So it's like what you do is you get a scoop of just like regular oatmeal, Quaker store brand, steel cut oats, whatever you want. And then you add the packet of, of apple cinnamon and oatmeal to that. And it sort of. Oh, you dilute it. Yeah. See, I like to just take dried fruit and brown sugar and add that. And then sometimes, this is what my mom does. I'm so mad at her. She'll put like creamer in, just a little bit of creamer, huh. like a, <laughs> like a coffee mate type, right? Of, like a flavor milk creamer. Yeah, and it adds a nice little like yummy, little bit of creaminess mm. and sugar. Interesting. No, pass in my healthy house. Yeah, chia seeds in the oatmeal, regular oatmeal chia seeds with the uh, um. Cinnamon and walnuts. Chia seeds, tiny. Yeah. Does, Those things come out in your poop and they look the same. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. They make you poop. When you hit 56, pooping is important. <laughs> I poop all the time. <laughs> I'm banned from certain bathrooms in my house. Yeah, pooping is very important as you get older. No, I know. I feel it's uh, an accomplishment. Yeah. I feel like Although, I'm losing weight and I'm being healthy every time I poop. Yeah, all the old people are with that. You have a headache yet? Did you poop today, boy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to get the bed out. Yeah, no, they, they say the seeds will make you go. Yeah. See, I like doing the uh, the chia do like a chia pudding with uh, chia seeds and almond milk, and then you, you can go. like throw some uh, sliced strawberries on top of that. The saddest white woman thing I've ever heard, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like it's basically something when you when you want something like filling, but you don't have time to to have a full meal, and you just like ah. I've done that. I used to do that for lunches, and I, and trick myself, like I'm totally gonna be full from this chia lunch. No, <laughs> um, you go and you eat a real lunch, Dave, and then you walk it off in the beautiful sights of Hollywood and count the latest encampments that have popped up since. <laughs> The last time we left your apartment. You know, that's that's one of the wonderful things about being able to borrow my neighbor's dog is I have learned not only where the homeless encampments are, but which side of the street they're on. And if there's like enough sidewalk, there's 
there's an encampment of, you know where the Steve Allen theater used to be yeah. uh, on Hollywood. So going North on that street, like there's, there's been a tent village on that part of the sidewalk for, for a, a good chunk of time. But since the, the pandemic shutdown, it expanded Eastward on, on Hollywood Boulevard. And, you know, I'm, I'm fine with it, I guess, uh, you know, as much as you can be, you know, it's, it's nice that they're at least, you know, having some sort of shelter and not right. sleeping on the sidewalk, but they block the whole sidewalk. And, yeah. you know, so it's like, I, I'm walking a small dog here and I don't feel good about having to go out into the street. There's to- a, there's a, there's a patch of grass near us, near the freeway in Highland park, near the 110. And my wife calls him the mayor because he has, there's always people visiting, you know, at scarecrows and he has bales of hay and like those, those, uh, like patio lights, like porch lights, like that lead up to a a port, a front door. He's got quite, there's like two, there's like a back tent. There's like a tent and then there's a tent in the back. It's, it's pretty, um, it's pretty impressive. I don't know if it's at the point where you might have spent enough money you could get an apartment, but it, it's pretty built up. At the <laughs> There's cars. There's multiple cars there. It's it's interesting. It's like seeing these little like Mad Max kind of villages pop up. Well, I mean, that was also the thing when when Garcetti was thinking of running for president. It was like you ran on one issue in L.A. You haven't <laughs> solved that one issue. You're going to skip town. You were going to solve homelessness, and and it's more of an issue than ever. Good times. Well, I do want to end on something I found hilarious that crossed the news threshold this morning. And I don't know if you guys saw it, but Donald Trump has filed uh, lawsuits against the Republican National Committee. The What, what is it? The, the Republican Senate uh, re-election committee and Republican congressional uh, re-election committee for using his name without permission in in their promotional materials, and not only is that just entertaining as all get out, you know, in terms of watching the Republicans eat their own and watching the Republicans suffer. Like the the official Republican organizations suffer for having endorsed Trump, but reading reading the article on this, I think it was the uh, I think it was the RNC that sent out a fundraising email asking people for money to pay to have your name added to what we think is the best way. To, to show our gratitude to Donald Trump for, for everything he did while he was in the White House. So for the low, low price of whatever, you can have your name added to the official Donald Trump thank you card. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that a con? Yep. <laughs> yes, it is. And I, I think, honestly, I think the reason he's suing is because that's taking money away from his con potentially. Right. He was always very litigious, right? Like that was, well, he always threatened to be, I think that was, that was his thing was threatening lawsuits against people who couldn't afford lawyers. Right. And so it was putting the pressure on because for all the times that he has threatened to sue someone, 
the number of times he actually has gone through with a lawsuit is, I think, you know, infinitesimal in comparison. Oh, all right. He's a gem. Well, I mean, that's the way our legal system works, whether you're Donald Trump or, or the Walt Disney Corporation or the Church of Scientology. It's, it's we have shitloads of money and access to, to high-priced lawyers. Right. What do you have? Because we, we can afford to draw this out as long as we want. And if we can't beat you in court, we'll beat you at the bank by taking all of your money and making you give it to lawyers. So when I, yeah, so when I found out that Donald Trump actually did file the lawsuits, it's like, well, that's a change. <laughs> so good times. Nice, nice it's, to see. It's crazy. I mean, it's like when you deal with the devil, like, right. what do you expect? It's gonna come take your soul, idiot. Like, what? What did for you think the, was gonna happen? Yeah, for the nine hundredth time since the election, you, I said, you reap what you sow. Did any of you, this is a slightly obscure, but uh, have you ever seen the movie The Magic Christian with no. uh, Peter Christian Sellers and Ringo Starr? I haven't, no. Um, it's it's a sort of weird, like late 60s, early 70s film. It's really kind of brilliant. Uh, but the idea is Peter Sellers is like an insanely no, like rich man who likes to basically see how far people will go for money. And he comes across Ringo Starr, who's like a homeless, vagrant, hippie guy sleeping in a park and, you know, a, an adult. And Peter Sellers decides to adopt him as his son. And they basically go around playing pranks to, to see what people will do for money. And spoiler, big spoiler here. So if, if you haven't seen the movie and you, you're planning on it, uh, you might want to turn the, the podcast down or just fast forward a little bit. But the, the ultimate prank they do is they, they take like a huge above ground swimming pool and fill it with raw sewage and, you know, human waste and uh, put a bunch of, of money in there. And people are jumping in to How much money get money. Here? Uh, as much as you can grab. And, yeah, it, you know, it's like millions. But a uh, really fun movie, Badfinger does the soundtrack. Highly recommend it. <laughs> I mean, okay. even though I just kind of spoiled the ending, it's still the comedic genius of, of Peter Sellers. No, and that's not true. He's not a genius. Boring. Very boring. <gasps> I, Blasphemy. I, I am shocked. No, no, I've watched those movies and been like, I, it's one of those many times in my life where I've watched something everyone says is funny and I'm like, I don't understand. Am I just not a funny person? It, I have the same experience. I've, I've seen your stand up. I, I would That's say you're, nice. you're a funny person. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you, let me finish, man. But what movies? Like The Party? No, I don't. No, I, uh, Doctor Strange Love enough, was enough to be like, okay, this was entertaining, but it wasn't funny. I didn't laugh. I think there are a lot of, but all right, check out the party, which probably like not uh, politically correct these days because Peter Sellers is playing an Indian uh, <laughs> gentleman. So yeah, he's doing brown face and maybe, you know, Oh, we got to cancel him. He's already dead people, but it's, it's just, it's a Blake Edwards movie. It's just really funny. Uh, Magic Christian is great. Right. What about the old Pink Panther movies? 
I don't think I ever really saw those. Oh, oh those those are fucking. Hilarious. I mean, it's it's like old people. Wacky. I know. Yeah. That is well. the, you know what's about their their comedy? It's very simple. It it's, it's like wackiness that, yeah. and physical comedy. Yeah, it's exactly. It's like someone saying, "I don't find stir crazy funny." <gasps> Gene Wilder <laughs> and Richard Pryor were magic together. Yeah. Silver Streak. Great yeah. movie. You got those two and Patrick McGowan yeah. from The Prisoner. Yeah. Uh, Jill Clayburgh at, at yeah. her late 70s finest. Yeah. If you lost me, you probably lost Cat. I did see some <laughs> Richard Pryor. I saw Hear No Evil. So that's, no like, well, that's like saying, that's like not paying attention to uh, George Carlin. I never loved Carlin. See? Look at there. Well, that's all the time we have. <laughs> I just felt like Carlin was kind of just talking. Yeah, it's so preachy, not as not not enough jokes. Some of it was funny. Wow. What well, I I would say to? check out his earlier stuff, his albums, because there's I I can see where you're coming from on the on the preachy. I mean, I enjoyed it. You know, it's I what? Me enjoying political commentary in the guise of humor. But if you if you listen to his like his albums from the from the late sixties and the seventies it's it's great comedy and social commentary without as much preachiness. I think as as he got older and you know the, the HBO specials got a little angrier, a little more political. But he told the truth. Uh, that you cannot you cannot deny. George was right on a lot of that shit, and he and especially talking about the American public. He I was would take, right on. I would take Richard Pryor over George Carlin if we're talking well, about. Well, that. yeah, that's true. I would do that. But I mean, I like, I just like they're both sides of where they come from. You can crisscross those guys, you know. Tymon, are you saying there's good comedy on both sides? Yes, I am. <laughs> also, having done comedy for far too many years, I now just don't watch comedy. <laughs> Same here. Yeah. yeah. I'll, well, I'll watch, well, I'll watch, like, I don't watch much stand up, um, but, you know, I will watch scripted stuff i watch um the legend of cora um solely so that i i watch it frantically so that my stepdaughter doesn't give it away to me yet but, uh, <laughs> she's been sent to her room numerous times for giving stuff away she is the worst the worst with spoilers i've ever met like she should get a job spoiling tv it's pretty can horrendous you, can you do that probably not <laughs> probably not well, I think that's that's kind of a good place to, to wrap things up. Uh, when when right. we're complaining about children giving spoilers to cartoons. <laughs> it's <we've>... important. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for sharing. And, and I want to thank you guys for being here. Uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, it is National Play Outside Day, and it is a beautiful day in Los Angeles. So let's let's get out there and enjoy the weather. And whether whether or not you're you're walking the dog or not walking the dog as the case may be go out enjoy and make the world a better place and thank you for being here today to make this show a better place david rosie rosenberg thank you so much should you so desire where can people catch up with you and what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days weeks and months well i'm going to make a meyer lemon pie for my wife uh today nice. and uh, probably some soup and uh i think i have a show sometime in may 
so I'll keep you posted on that. Right. Uh, well, hopefully, yeah, we'll see you before then. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at at Rosie Pigs, but I don't even tweet much anymore because now that they most of the Q people are gone, I can't even torment them. So you should follow me on Instagram then at Rosie Pigs R O S I E P I G S. Right on. Well, thank you for being here. And yeah, I you do bring up an, an important issue. I'm I'm not generally an abusive person uh, in person or online, but I I have been feeling a bit of a gap with Donald Trump banned from Twitter. Like there are so many memes that I would love to just share directly with him. Uh, <laughs> that you know, sadly, nice I cannot. Where he could tell the president to go fuck himself, and now we can't do that anymore. Well, you know what I was thinking, and maybe this you know little Jonathan Swift. Uh, you know, modest proposal here. But if, if we want to prop up the economy and we want to, we want to help the postal service, what if we started printing out anti-Trump memes uh, in postcard form <laughs> and then mailing them directly to Mar-a-Lago? I think that uh, just, yeah, but the thing is all that it would have happened is that whoever has to open the mail there would be flooded with it. Well, yeah, but they're postcards and you get the cathartic, release of of sending vitriol directly to donald trump even though he probably won't get it as you point out but you're also uh doing a doing a little uh a little help for for the postal service and and lord knows at least until they can get rid of uh, louis de joy right they they could use all the help they could get so just a thought well rosie thank you for being with us cat alvarado Oh yeah, absolutely. You're you're very welcome. Anytime. Cat Alvarado, always great to have you with us as well. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with you and what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? You can catch me at the Cat Alvarado on Instagram or Twitter. It is at the C A T A L V A R A D O. Um, I just finished watching the entire Shit's Creek series, and so I keep on talking like either Moira or <laughs> like Alexis Rose, and I can't stop. I can't. I mean, it's starting to wear off. I'm starting to stop doing the bunny hands that she does. But um, do you give financial over- advice on there, or just on Facebook? <laughs> financial advice? Oh, um, not that much on on Instagram, but coming soon, a financial podcast. No oh. kidding. Oh, yeah, villains, villains of finance, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, um, <laughs> it's going to be like financial advice, and I have a very funny uh, co-host, tentatively Carmen Morales, who oh. is absolutely a beast on stage and so much fun. I've had her as a guest on Villains of History, and we have great chemistry together, and we're both very interested in like finance, investing, advice, and that sort of a thing. So. We are planning that. It's in the works, and I will update you guys when the release date is sooner. Right on. We'll definitely be on the lookout for that. Real quick, as long as as the topic has been uh, brought up, crypto, yes or no? Nah. Do a little. Do a little. Yeah, I bought a little, and then it went up a lot, so I'm going to buy a yacht. You know, Rosie, after I think it was the last time you were on, you you said you were going to buy a yacht and then said that I couldn't come enjoy an afternoon on the yacht because you are only going to be hanging out with your yachting friends. So I guess what I'm saying is I don't want to hear about your yacht. <laughs> I'm going to have a yacht. You can't. 
I'll, you can come if you have a monkey. I'll let anyone with a monkey on my yacht. My neighbor has a dog named Monkey. It's not the same. Damn it. Well, all right. Thank you, Cap, uh, for the financial tips. Time and ship, always a pleasure to have you with us. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with you and what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? Uh, my website is timeandship.com. And time and ship at Instagram, time and ship at Twitter, time and ship at Facebook. And you can get my book, My St. Louis, on Amazon.com or my comedy CD on CD Baby or iTunes or Spotify. Right on. And that is Universal Brother. Yeah. So check that out. Thank you for being with us today. Looking forward to seeing you next week. Me, I'm Dr. David Robinson. You can find me on the socials on Facebook, Robinson, And on the Twitter, I am at standup fall down also on instagram but i really don't use that much so but that's also a stand-up fall down occasionally who knows you you might see something pop up so uh what the hell if you're on the insta go ahead follow me there if you've made it this far into the show you probably already know but it bears repeating that we are on the socials as well on facebook all spelled out let's be treasonable and on the twitter we are at l-e-t-s-b-t-r-e-a-s-o-n-a-b-l we take off the e's and pass the savings on to you the listener speaking of you the listener want to thank you for listening if you liked what you heard rate and review us on the platforms where you're listening even the platforms where you're not what the hell you got some spare time we would appreciate it. And, uh, you know, it's like the virtual equivalent of going out and seeing what's happening in other places. If you didn't like what you heard, well, not sure why you are still tuned in, but I guess thanks for sticking around. Make a deal. You don't tell anyone. We won't tell anyone. Everybody's happy. Sounds good to you. Sounds good to me. We will be back next week with more, and hopefully you will too. Until then, goodbye! Bye.